So we're going to bring on Rebecca Katz, who is a longtime uh, political consultant in the city, uh, formerly attached to the mayor's campaigns, and now is uh, running an outfit uh, of her own. Uh, and uh, she's here to talk with us on Max and Murphy. Welcome, Rebecca. Hey, guys. Good to be here. How are you? Thanks for joining us again. We're good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So before we jump into any particulars of um, the 2020 race or even Mayor Bill de Blasio, you just launched a new firm, and uh, it's very you have a very interesting mission behind it or a philosophy around it. You wrote a piece in The Nation about it, if folks want to check that out. But do you want to briefly sort of capture uh, what you're doing? Sure. Um, you know, with Trump in the White House and Republicans in Congress doing very little uh, to be a check on him, I just decided that it was time to spend the next two years um, and foreseeable future, honestly, uh, working to help progressives get elected, progressive causes advance, and to help advance the agenda um, of Democrats. And so, in you know, a lot of times in the consulting world, there's a little bit of corporate work and there's, there's you know, candidate work. And I just, I'm focused squarely on candidate and causes and helping progressives uh, do better. And you said something in the, in the piece in The Nation about how Democratic consultants, you know, are often working for progressive candidates, but then also working for corporations and, and sort of the agendas don't really line up. And it's, it's a time, basically a time for choosing. Right. I mean, what, you know, what, what more has to be at stake for all of us to actually get up and do something? You know, you've heard Democrats, you know, go on TV and tell everybody else to go knock on doors and do what they can. But Democratic operatives who arguably know how to win races better than, you know, green Democrats, you know, you know, right out of college, they're not doing their part in terms of helping Democrats win. And so I felt that it's time, like, we got to do what we're telling everybody else to do and just whatever it takes um, to fight back against the Trump agenda. So that's what I'm going to try and do. So we're talking today about Bill de Blasio. And for folks who don't know, uh, talk about your history with the mayor. Uh, what was your involvement with his earlier campaigns and, and what was your role? Sure. In I got to know Bill de Blasio a long time ago, probably um, in advance of his 2009 race for public advocate. Um, and then worked with him on the 2013 race. And then I went into City Hall for a little over a year as well. And what's your, how, how do you describe, I mean, if, if let's say you're talking to someone, uh, a Democrat, a Democratic, even elected official who's not that familiar with the mayor, maybe somebody who's in Iowa or New Hampshire or somewhere around the country that he might be visiting or has visited recently, how do you, how do you capture Bill de Blasio and his politics? I mean, well, there's a, there's a, there's two to Bill de Blasio. There's Bill de Blasio, the personality we know in New York, and there's Bill de Blasio in terms of the policies that he's actually accomplished here in New York. And when you look at his actual record, it's a record that matches any presidential candidate, if not more of them, when it comes to the record. In terms of the policy, there's a, in terms of the personality, there's already like a built-in negativity towards him. So it's it's hard. Like the the trouble with de Blasio is. It's a challenge of balancing the personality and the policy. So I think, you know, he will lead with universal pre-K or with, you know, safest big city in America. Um, But there, you know, he has been this mayor of, you know, the city where so much of the national press corps gets its news. So there's already a built-in 
kind of uh, almost like an eye rolling about him when it comes to it. So it's hard for him to kind of skip over all the press and talk directly to the people because he's been kind of, you know, struggling with so many of the influencers for the whole time he's been mayor, frankly. And unpack that. Like, why is that, that eye-rolling or that kind of, like, instinctive sneer? Frankly, I I think he has a toxic relationship with the press corps that covers him. I think they can't stand him, and he's condescending towards them, and it's it's unhealthy. I mean, the way that he talks to them is not at all professional or respectful, and that the way that they tweet about him while they're sitting here he's talking to them is also not you know great mm-hmm. um it's it's a, it's it's not you have to be respectful and you have to have meaningful conversations and i think that somewhere along the way they kind of got off track i'm sort of interested if what i'm the, being honest right no no and that, that i think that's a good frank take uh you know i'm sort of i don't know i'm sort of interested what it's like in other cities even if there's not the intensity of the press corps i'm sur- sure there's you know city hall uh reporters who are with the mayors in different cities every day maybe you know better if if it, i mean it, it seems to me that that would be something of a trapping uh of just the dynamic but it's, he has a particularly bad relationship with the press right. corps that follows him. Oh, that's that's right? for sure. I mean, and so everything that he has done and he has achieved, which is a very long list of accomplishments, it's, it's like with, it all has to be judged with that cloud over it. Because it's, I haven't seen, like, what was the last straight good news story about something that de Blasio accomplished? It's been a while. But that's not all, that's not the, the, the fault of the entire press corps either. That's also him unable to communicate what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit more about what he's doing and where that fits in more broadly. Um, you, you talked, you said, you know, uh, in this field that's developing of the 2020 Democratic presidential candidates, he his resume just on policy accomplishments. Um, and, and again, for now, you know, maybe we have to put aside a little bit um, some of the real struggles or scandals that have also been part right. of his administration. When you talk about mm-hmm. struggles dealing NYCHA. with homelessness, NYCHA and other things. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but in terms of those broad stroke accomplishments, as you say, he's got a list because he's been a chief executive that some of these senators certainly don't have. But but they, as a group, you know, I'm thinking of at least three, four, five of them also seem to have a little bit of this sort of national rock star persona that, that has a lot of substance to it as well that he doesn't have. So how do you reconcile that? Is it just about he needs to jump into this thing to really make a splash? I think, I mean, he's got the greatest job in the world. He's the mayor of New York City. You know, a lot of us worked hard to have him get that job. <laughs> and I think that he's, he's he's good at making policy happen. And now that we actually have a Democratic Senate in Albany, like, let's go. You know, I think now is the time where we can focus on, on good, big things in New York City. Um... And I, I do think he's not getting his fair shake when it comes to uh, national stories about, like, you know, there, there's so much mocking of him because of the personality issues that you really don't get to see his, his record on display as it should be. But then again, there's a lot to be done here in New York City. And I think a lot of us who believe in, you know, his progressive agenda actually want him to achieve that here in New York. 
So, you know, I'm asking this knowing that you are no longer advising the mayor, just tapping into your insights. But when we see the mayor, he planned to go to New Hampshire, recently had to cancel that trip because of the detective's death, but was in Iowa recently. What is he aiming at? Is he actually considering running? Is there some larger long game that he's playing? What's what's going on? I, I don't know what's going on in his head. I can't pretend that I do. I, I will say that he will, in theory, I mean, he could look at the other candidates, look at their record and look at his record and think, why not me? Right. And do you, do you think that um, if he were to jump in this thing, I mean, how do you sort of assess where the Democratic primary is right now? Do you... I mean, basically, everybody's jumping in, right? right? I mean, it's like it's like the public advocate <laughs> for the coal cut. Perfect for um, our audience. <laughs> I, yes. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. There's so many people who are thinking about running that I don't see their path, but stranger things have happened, right? Like, he... he we don't remember it now, but de Blasio well, is, is a pretty good politician when he wants to be. Do you know what I mean? He knows how to work a room. He's a regular person. He's struggled. He understands like what it's like to sit around the kitchen table trying to figure out how to pay the bills and send your kids to college and all the rest. Right? He, he just, I think in New York, we see him having lost some of that because he's been the mayor for so long. But I, I think when he goes to Iowa, in some ways, it's, it's a fresh start for him. And, and the, he fits into this question, but this is a little bit of a broader question. You know, when you assess, you know, and I see you on Twitter, you know, s- assessing sort of where a lot of these Democratic candidates are in terms of where the party is and the message is um, and this sort of battle within the party between just going full-throated, you know, progressivism versus a more moderate uh, Democratic party. You know, he's he's where is he in that? And, and w- I mean, I believe I mean, I'm biased, obviously, but I believe Bill de Blasio has 100 percent the right message. I'm just not so sure he's the right messenger. Right. I mean, if you go back for to his progressive agenda, which was widely, widely derided by the local press corps, and you go through each of his policies, I mean, that's basically right where the party is right now. This is you when you say his progressive agenda. This was when he was putting out a national agenda. This is not that's that's an actual uh, title for something that he put out. Right. I just want to make sure folks yeah. folks who haven't been paying as close attention as we have know this was you know sort of his attempt last time around to to really influence the national discussion that did not go very well for him. Right. But it didn't. But there was a void there. And what was interesting is like Bernie Sanders basically came and filled that void. Right. But like de Blasio had good policy ideas. It's just he's he's the mayor of New York City. There's there's a lot going on here as well. So we've got just another minute or two with Rebecca Katz, who is uh, a Democratic political consultant and recently started New Deal Strategies. And uh, you can check out her piece in The Nation about what she's doing there. Um, You mentioned Bernie Sanders. Just let's leave the mayor, I guess, out of the conversation for now. Do you foresee do you see him as the front runner right now in the in the Democratic primary? I 100 percent see Bernie Sanders as the front runner. Nobody can raise that kind of money. And 
he is he instantly shot to the top of the pack because he is so formidable when it comes to fundraising. I mean, he had three hundred and what eighty thousand donors and only twenty of them maxed out. These are people that he can go back to every single month um, and get more money. You know, there's you know he gets a million dollars a month in just recurring contributions from those first uh, for the first week donors. Um, no other Democrat can compete like that. Um, except, I mean, I, we could see self-funders. We could see Michael Bloomberg get in, and, you know, he has more money than God. So who knows uh, how that will work out. But I just think I think Sanders uh, having all this money means he can p- compete way past Iowa. I just hope God doesn't jump in and confuse everything. <laughs> uh, so a, a final question. Obviously, in the yeah. rank of things we should worry about, you know, electing a good president and, and keeping the city on track are way more important than, than Bill de Blasio's personal future. But I'm curious, you know, he is in his second and final term as mayor. Uh, if he doesn't run for president, uh, which seems likely, and doesn't win if he runs, which seems even more likely, what is next for a guy like Bill de Blasio? What's, what's the next act for a politician? like him? Is it getting his wife elected mayor? Is it seeking a cabinet post? What uh, What's the next chapter? Well, first of all, the only person who's going to get Shirlane elected would be Shirlane. Um, I think if she wants Maybe to with run, Rebecca Katz's help. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know about that, but I, I think she, if she wants to do it, I think there's room for her there. Um, but I also think, like, de Blasio is a true progressive. You know, there's there's lots of things he can do for good. You know, I think he's always been more comfortable with the people, you know, and whether that's, uh, you know, helping on picket lines or whatnot, like there's, he's an activist at heart. And I, I think he'll, he'll be out there on some level. I just don't know what. Right. And just quickly, you know, one name, one name we didn't mention, I mean, we didn't mention a lot of names, but just your, your, should Joe Biden just, just stay out? Is that your, your assessment? I mean, I just sort of get that feeling from your, your... I mean, I also thought Bernie Sanders was getting too old too. So I want to be fair. I mean, equal opportunity, uh, ages here, (laughs) but I think, I think Biden, I mean, he ran in 2000 and not, uh, 2000, what, 1988, he ran again in 2008. It's his time is done. All right. Well, Rebecca Katz, uh, Democratic political strategist and uh, the new founder of New Deal Strategies. Thanks for spending some time with us. Thank and, you And we'll so talk much. to you soon. Talk soon. Okay. Okay, bye. And we're back on Max and Murphy here on WBAI. Just been listening to a conversation we had with Rebecca Katz, the veteran political strategist, a person who helped Bill de Blasio become mayor. She has now moved on to other things, but we were talking about the mayor's apparent interest, um, or at least feigned interest, in running for president, trips planned to New Hampshire, a trip that occurred to Iowa, um, not denying that he is seeking that office, and therefore the assumption is that he's thinking about it, and the question of whether that is realistic, um, you know, what that means for the city, all those are, are, I think, on the table. You asked Rebecca, what is he doing? And she said, I, you know, I'm not in his head, I don't know. What do you think he's doing? I mean, what, what, what's, what's your general assessment of what now let me just let me just put another couple of little facts on the table before you answer. You know, it's it's about to be March uh, of 2019, right? So as the mayor himself even has said, we're a long way from votes being cast in this thing. And he references, of course, the fact that he's been way behind in multiple previous races that he's pulled off. So he's got some of that thinking in his head. Um, 
so it's very early, even though we've seen a bunch of these senators jump in um, and he has virtually no name recognition compared to them around the country. Um, so what do you what do you think he's doing? Well, I think it is, you're right. It is early. We are about 11 months from the first caucus or primary. And that is true. It is also true that especially because of how crowded the field is, you know, you do have to think about building an operation, hiring the consultants because there's only so many people like Rebecca Katz out there to be taught hired, raising some money because, you know, once you claim a donor, it's unlikely they're going to give to someone else. So he would, could not wait too much longer. I'm 85% sure he is just doing this to, um, you know, maintain some some cachet, uh, maybe to try to stir the conversation, although I think that the party has now moved so fully to where Bill de Blasio is that I'm not sure he has a unique message anymore. Um, and, you know, to, I think, maybe keep New York City in, in that conversation from a policy standpoint. There is a chance, though, that he looks at this field and says, look, similar to this public advocate election we just had, there's so many folks in this that the dynamics could shift quickly, and maybe there's an opening for someone like him. You know, Maybe there's an opening for someone who served as an executive, um, who you know is certainly not as flashy, not a great speaker, doesn't have the great bio, is not someone with a cult of personality, good or bad, around them as some of the other candidates are, um, that there's a, a role for that, almost as, believe it or not, kind of the technocrat in the race, someone who has oh boy. delivered. Um, <laughs> you know, but compared to other folks who are much more stirring in some ways and, and, and might present bolder ideas, but simply because of the job he's had, he can say, look, here's what I've done. Yeah, no, and, and Rebecca got at some of that, and I think it's a very good point. Listen, and you've pointed this out very aptly, even about Andrew Cuomo, and Andrew Cuomo and Bill de Blasio, uh, for once, we can sort of put in a similar bucket. I mean, they're not the same accomplishments certainly, but they've been executives. They do have, when you talk about just making initial impressions or cutting ads or talking points for debates, they have that list of four, five, six things that they could put out there and impress people on that they have accomplished as executives. They both have major flaws. They both have crises and scandals that have been around their administrations. This is not to say that they only have positive resumes at all. But my point is that if you're going to try to impress people around the country who don't know the in and out of your day-to-day term as mayor or governor, they both have something to offer and something to, to brag about, um, multiple things. But what Rebecca got at and what we've gotten at also is that you know the mayor doesn't have a magnetic personality. He's often condescending. Uh, there's just problems with his, his candidacy in a way that people like Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren and Cory Booker, I think, have much less of. They have other problems, perhaps, but they come in with a certain status. They also have some of these national networks. They have their their lists, and you know they've been doing the infrastructure work, and they've launched. Um, but they also just have, a, a, at least from my perspective, different qualities than he has, and his, I think, would, would hold him back in a pretty significant way. The one warning label I would put on the coverage of Bill de Blasio as he ventures into the presidential field, however seriously, however long he does that, is that you'll see in some of the coverage people talking about the fact that he like spoke to a room of 40 people in Iowa, and isn't that silly? And, you know, I have not covered presidential politics extensively. I did cover the uh, primary in New Hampshire in 2004, and it was a real education at the fact that, while I think we consider running for office as the ultimate ego trip, running for president, at least, is 
ego negating in every <laughs> sense. You know, I watched Wesley Clark, who had been the supreme allied commander in, of NATO, who ran the Bosnian War. I saw him go to a, a, a supermarket, put on an apron, and bag groceries because that's what you have to do. Right. And it was at three o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday, and there was no one in the store. <laughs> you know, except one guy who like had a very long conversation about buying a, a, a carton of milk. I saw uh, John Edwards tell exactly the same dumb joke about his southern accent at exactly the same point in his speech six times during a day and have to pretend as if he had just thought of it. Joe Lieberman, who had been the vice presidential candidate in 2000, he clearly hired a bunch of, uh, frankly, homeless guys in Manchester, New Hampshire to hold his signs and meet him at polling places, screaming about how excited they were about Joe Mentum. I mean, these are like accomplished people who humiliate themselves in the early stages of presidential politics because, if you've, as you've tweeted, it is nuts that our system always elevates mm. Iowa New Hampshire. And so whether you think it hokey, stupid, or kind of charming, you go into rooms of 40 people or less sure. to make the case for why you should be the most powerful person in the world. That's just how it works. You know, I think that's very well said. You know, the other thing that's at play here, though, is Bill de Blasio is clearly trying to continue to scratch this itch he has. And he very much has an itch. And his itch is, I think I have a lot to offer. I think I know the right direction for the country, the state, the city. Uh, I think these are the right ideals, um, a certain progressivism that he's right. He's had for basically his entire adult life and even into high school, uh, according to him and, and some reports that have uh, been out there about his his time in high school and, and beyond. And I don't think, at least right now, he has any qualms about going places and embarrassing himself. I mean, I remember in the 2012-2013 mayoral race, I mean, he used to go to audience after audience after audience, and at, at certain points in the race, when he wasn't even close to the front runner, you know, subway stops and other things where he could barely get anybody to talk to him, and there was one aide around him with a sign, you know, saying, meet Bill de Blasio, and he just would talk about pre-K over and over and over again, but he had a sense that that was a very strong message, and he had a couple other message points that he used, but that was, of course, the big proposal that he was banking on was universal pre-K, and guess what? It helped him get elected. He executed it. It's his big achievement. You know, he's not wrong, and Rebecca said this, too, that a lot of the stuff that he's put out there is where the Democratic Party has moved to. You know, she was right that Bernie Sanders sort of, like, stole his his thing and, and really became the standard bearer for that element of the party, probably a little further to the left than de Blasio would go, but but right around that, that territory. So I, I sort of get his psyche to an extent of the reasons he think, thinks he should be part of this conversation and this, this itch that he's trying to scratch. Um, but, you know, it's also a little bit troublesome that he doesn't understand the importance of really paying attention to being mayor given some of the problems that have occurred under under his watch and I, I, I don't want to say that in the wrong way I, I think he does understand how important it does to be mayor it is to be mayor but this wanderlust is is not great it is not great and it, it contributes to I think it, it it reinforces some of the problems Rebecca talked about about with the press corps people think he doesn't take the job seriously people casting him as a dilettante which was a label placed on him from the get-go on fairly, and sometimes, unfortunately, he has ratified it, even though a lot of his performances mayor does not, but he has occasionally fed people the very material they need to make that charge stick by, you know, showing this interest in national office and, and venturing out. Um, 
speaking, just quickly, yeah. I've said this before, and I'm going to keep saying it. If he had not gotten too big for his britches early on and tried to influence national politics early, we may actually be at a point right now where he was doing this, and people would be like, "Oh yeah, that makes that kind of makes yes. sense." He went too early. Definitely, that's true. True, totally true. That's all I have to say for today. <laughs> well, that is a perfect point at which to thank you for listening to Max and Murphy and WBAI 99.5 FM. He's Ben Max from GothamGazette.com. I'm Jarrett Murphy from CityLimits.org. We're on Wednesdays, usually at 5, and I hope you will tune in next week. Until then, have a great week in the greatest city in the world. 